I just wanted to let you know I'm so excited to share with you that the doors are now open to my new course, Faith Fueled Joy. You guys, it's been a labor of love, and we will officially start the modules in January, but I'm going to have a whole month in December of things to get you started so that you can step into more joy, you can step into more peace and calm in your life, and that you can really step into the role and the type of day that God has intended for us. So I'm so, so excited. So if anybody that signs up between now and mid-December, you're going to get all sorts of extras, extra um, modules to kind of get the holidays kick-started in a calmer way. And then we'll start the official four-week course in January. So this is really for any of you, just like myself, that were feeling like daily life was weighing you down, or maybe that life is full of so many responsibilities and obligations that there was no time to increase or deepen your faith, have more meaningful relationships, step into or reignite your passion, your creativity, and and just have a calmer spaces and do more for ourselves so that we have more well-being. And so that's what the course is about. I'd love for you to learn more at faithfueledjoy.com. And by the end of the course, you can expect to find more balance and joy that you're craving through meaningful breaks. And this is going to be together with a community of women to support and encourage us that will help us stay on track and achieve our goals. But I want you to say goodbye to the chaos and embrace the life where balance means nurturing your faith, relationships, and passions one meaningful break at a time. I can't wait to connect with you all and take you through the strategies and tools and the research-based insights that have changed my life and other women's as well. You guys, let's create a life that's flowing with joy, faith, and purpose together. Once again, go check out all the information about the course at faithfueledjoy.com. Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have such a great conversation with my guest. We are going to talk about so many things that I think you're going to be be able to relate to and things you're going to be able to apply to your own life. We are talking about when you get that feeling some point in your life, when you feel stuck or you feel like this can't be everything. I I want more. I, I feel that urge or these whispers to kind of step into something new. And we're going to talk about how can we um, step into what God's calling us to into new things? How can we learn to push past our comfort zone? Um, How can we step into work or service that makes us feel alive on the inside? And how can we allow God to pour into us more? So stay tuned. I can't wait to share this episode with you. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith Heal Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation you've been given and to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what He has for us? I'm Kristen. I'm an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have a lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God and design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited, and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome our guest, Kelly McCarthy. She is a personal and executive coach. And I can't wait to share this conversation with you today because we are going to talk about really um, stepping into our lives, being proactive about our lives and building resiliency. And we are going to talk about how we can live fully alive and step into what God has for us and let go of living a life of routine. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, I would love it if you could share with us a 
little bit about your story and your journey, you know, what life's looked like in the past and kind of what you've stepped into now. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I went to college in San Jose. I went to San Jose State University and and six and I was in a psychology program six months prior to graduation, uh, realized a little bit more of the reality of what I'd be doing as a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whichever path I had chosen, and began to realize that maybe this isn't the right thing for me. And it got a little scary. And here I've completed most of my coursework. I'm six months from graduating and feeling like I need to pivot. So I just decided to graduate and got into public relations and worked a PR career for 15 years before I had kids. And just as my kids began to get older, some things began to stir in me. Like I, I'm, I'm meant to do more than this. Mm-hmm. And my life became doing laundry and making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and play dates and those kinds of things. And I worked a part-time job, but it was beneath my skill set. And so when it started to stir, I thought, you know, I've got to figure this out. And um, it put me into a pit for about a year. And then um, I had heard about coaching years before and had been interested. So started researching. And um, the next thing you know, I just decided, you know what, it's the first time I ever just took a huge blind leap of faith and quit my job and jumped into coaching, went to school, uh, for a year, um, graduated my certification program and, uh, never looked back. And it was the best thing I have ever done for myself and, um, with God's hand in the process. Mm. So good. Yeah. I think at some point in our lives, so many of us find ourselves in that same spot, you know, for some, it might be multiple times, right. In different seasons. And for some, it might be kind of lots of things or many years lead up to us realizing. I have been in a job or a career, but it never really sat right. It never really fulfilled me in some way. And, you know, so I think most of us can relate to feeling that way at some point. And, you know, the challenge or the the thing is that we want to talk to people about is how do you make that leap? How do you take those steps, you know, out in faith? How do you decide that maybe there's more for me, you know, and, and stepping into that. And so I love that you shared that. But let's rewind just a little bit. I know you shared a story about making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You had kind of an aha moment. And I had an opposite aha moment making peanut butter sandwiches. But tell us a little bit about when your kids were younger and you were making them sandwiches and what happened and sort of this aha moment that you had. Yeah, I'll never forget that moment. Um, So my my kids were about kindergarten age. So I have twins. I have twin daughters. And they came downstairs and they were getting ready for school and I was making them sandwiches. And, and my husband came downstairs and he said, Oh, what are you doing, babe? And my response was, well, I'm making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's just what I do. And I caught myself because I could hear the resentment in my voice and I could hear Mm -hmm. the ickiness and how I responded to such a simple, harmless question. And that was when I, I, that was when I thought, you know what, I, mm-mm, I can't do this anymore. Something's wrong and I have to take charge and, and work to fix it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, uh, because obviously you're just sharing the quick tidbit of the story there. It wasn't so much about just the mothering part. It was that you were working in a part-time job that wasn't fulfilling you in any way. 
And so add on top of that, all the things that moms or parents do, it was just kind of like, I know there's more purpose for me in life. Not that the purpose of being a mother wasn't, isn't enough. It's that you knew there was more, you were being called to do more work. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's true. And also it was that the, you know, Satan or, you know, it just felt like I was made to feel you should be grateful for the job that you have. You Mm -hmm. should, you know, do you know how many, all those voices that you hear, do you know how many moms would love to have a part-time job like you have that offsets Mm -hmm. groceries or helps somehow with bills, you know, and you get to do it from home and do it with your kids. And so that kept me in that space for the longest time because I had tremendous guilt about how many people needed this job worse than I did. And, you know, I was being ungrateful if I quit and pursued something that I really wanted. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that God actually calls us to step out into new things, into new experiences, new opportunities to connect with new people, right? So that we can you know, hopefully be of service to them or bless them or, you know, even just encourage them. And I think, you know, like I say, and many other people say, I think we're called to adventure, right? We aren't called to live in only routine. Of course, there's always going to be routines in our lives, right? We like making dinner for our family or for ourselves, but I think we're called for more than that. And so I think when we feel that stirring, when we feel this, something's missing, one, it could be God, right? Relationship with God. But the other is, it's because he's calling us to something bigger or something more or something um, beyond what's currently in our lives. And so I'm glad you brought that up because it it's absolutely true that when we feel this um, stirring or an uneasiness or an unsettled feeling, often it's because something's coming, right? We're, we're meant to be ready or start preparing for this next thing, whatever that might be. And uh, so I love that. And I think you're so right though about the voices. When I say the voices, like the little, the things we say into our head or that, you know, um, like you said, Satan is saying to us because I had a moment of peanut butter making sandwiches with a much older son. One of my sons who was in college came home from college yesterday because he was struggling with some um, depression type uh, issues. And so thank goodness he came home. And so, you know, we've been helping him try to work through that. In doing so, he was just really not eating much other than, you know, like snacks. And so I would make him whatever he would eat, right? But one of the things he likes to eat is peanut butter toast or peanut butter sandwiches. And part of me wanted to say, oh my goodness, he's too old. He should be doing this himself, right? My younger sons, I mean, they're they're high school, you know, age. They make their own stuff. I mean, or at least if I'm not making a meal. But I had to stop myself and say, that is just cultural, societal saying, oh, they're they're grown. They don't need me to do that. I'm um, enabling or something. But that was wrong. What he needed from me was to know that I cared about him and I was there to help him and to be of service. And so I had to really check my thought on not feeling like, oh my gosh, should I not be doing this, right? Should I not be all the time saying, can I get you something to eat? But I'm doing it because he wasn't doing it himself, right? And he was going through, you know, a a hard season. And so I think you're right. Often we have to check what is the thought behind the action or the feeling, because if it doesn't align with, you know, what, what God says, what the Bible says, then it may not actually be serving us or our family or our clients or whatever it is. That's right. That's right. I love what you're pointing to because it's 
just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. Yeah. So it's taking a moment to say, what source is this coming from? And is this something I should be listening to right now? And if it's not serving you and what an amazing opportunity you had to be a servant leader to your son and for your son in a moment that he just needed his mom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? It doesn't matter. It's like if we have an aging parent, you know, and I I definitely um, have aging parents, but my dad definitely has more health issues. So it's like, would we say, oh, he's grown, we shouldn't help him, right? It's the same thing. It's just that I think sometimes we think, oh, we have to get them out of the nest, you know? (laughs) And so to your point, but that doesn't mean people don't still need us, of course. Right. That's, that's what puts you in choice. That's right. How I want to respond right now. That's right. I can either allow these emotions or thoughts to guilt me into saying I'm enabling my son by doing this. And then you step away or I have a choice to still get to be his mom when the opportunity presents itself. And that's what I choose. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So why don't you tell us a little bit about after that moment and you started realizing something's got to change. I cannot stay in this position I'm in, uh, you know, with your part-time work and everything. So what, what did that look like? Tell us about your stepping out in taking that leap of faith. Yeah. Thank you. I, my, I do have an incredibly supportive husband and which took a little while. Cause I have to admit the first time that I told him that I was maybe considering or interested in becoming a coach. And he said, well, a coach, you mean like a life coach? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, pfft, who needs a life coach? That was his response. Yeah. And so in that moment, I allowed that, you know, I wasn't strong enough to say, you know what? No, this is what I really want. And Mm -hmm. I allowed that in. And so I let it hold me back for several more years before it circled back around. And it was really, um, it was God really. It, I had a, when I was thinking about this, I had a friend that I'd known since sixth grade and we, she took me to lunch for my birthday and I hadn't even talked to her about considering coaching or being interested in it. And she turns to me and she says, so I hired a life coach and I was instantly just, what was that like? And I leaned in and I could feel my energy just, you know, and I've, I've never been that body aware before. And in that moment, I just noticed my whole, she couldn't tell me enough information about that. And as soon as she was done, I said, you know what, that's, that's it. That's it. That's what I want to do. And went home and told my husband and, and, and she and I ended up taking three days away alone together to research where I could go to school and where I could get the best education and how I could really step into this fully. Um, You know, I was committed from the get go. Uh, And so that's what we took you know, a mom's weekend away, which was great time, but got the research done. And I started school a few months later. Mm. Wow. And so when you brought it to your husband the second time, did it go differently or did it take some time still? Um, I think it went a little bit differently. I had a little more facts. Um, we, I work with the Enneagram and he's an Enneagram eight and he is a very directive type of person. So when I went back to him, I had more facts and I had more um, research that I had done on what the possibilities are for the type of coach that I was going to school for. And, uh, I think that helped. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it sounds like the second time that it kind of came into 
you know, your view and you said, oh my goodness, this is it. You were more certain as well, right? Like you, you, there was no question in your mind at that point. Like this is the direction that I need to go. Yes. I think that's a really good observation. I definitely had a lot more energy behind it. And after hearing from someone who actually had worked with a coach and Mm -hmm. getting that experiential side of it really helped me to solidify. That sounds like fun. Like not only amazing work to get to support other people, but a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So what can you tell us about, so you, you obviously went to, you know, school, you did the um, coaching certification program, but tell us a little bit about what have you learned about stepping into these new opportunities and stepping into something that you're not really certain how it's going to go, but you know, you need to take a step. Oh, that is my favorite place to be now. Um, that I drew a picture one time and it was, I draw stick figures. I'm not, I'm not artistic at all, (laughs) but I drew a picture one time of this pathway leading to a door that was open and I was standing right in front of the open door. And what I've learned is if I know too much, I won't take that step. I almost have to not know anything about where I'm going or what's going to happen. Because now the, my favorite emotion I call nervous sighted, you know, they're so closely tied, feeling nervous and excited Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so it was really, when I feel nervous sighted, I know that I'm, I'm pushing the edge of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and I'm excited about seeing what's on the other side because I know that God will catch me. I trust my resilience to bounce Mm -hmm. back from mistakes And that was learned by continuing to step into things that really scared me and doing it anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing is some of us, you know, of course we want it to be like, we're certain, we're sure, but that's not really how God works. Right. I mean, he, he literally, you know, we we might have, like you said, a bit of information or a little bit of curiosity or look, I think this is kind of on my heart. So then we're called to step into that or take that first tiny step or that one action before more is going to be revealed or we're going to see the whole, we're not going to see the whole path from day one. That's just not how life works. That's not how God works. And so to your point is we do have to be faithful in trying things. He's not just going to do it for us. We have to show up in our lives. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I had, I had anticipated coaching moms going back to the workforce after raising children. That's what I thought was going to be my path. And just through people that I met in, in coaching school ended up, my first client was a lawyer Mm -hmm. and that's where my executive coaching arm began. And that was not what I saw for my life. Um, And so what I wind up doing with my executive clients a lot more is teaching them how to be good leaders. Like they know how to be successful people already. They've already reached executive levels. They you know, the leadership component is more who you are and how you show up. What kind of leader are you to yourself and to your teams? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Is if we're starting something new, whether it's your, you design a product, right? Or jewelry or something, or whether you coach people, or even if you step into ministry or anything, it's very likely you're not going to the first thing you try might be slightly different, right? Because you, you haven't done it all, right? It would be kind of like a minister, somebody in ministry might work in children's ministry, and then they might find that they love music ministry or something, right? So 
there's nothing wrong with that. That's I think that's part of the process of learning what really the options are. You know, you might make jewelry and find you love earrings, but you really don't like making bracelets. Like it doesn't, so that's okay, right? I mean, so no one should think just because I'm not certain, certain on the exact, it's like a lawyer. There's a lot, doctors, there's so many different um, specialties inside of that discipline or that career that it's no big thing for you to pivot it slightly, right? It's just go in the direction and try it. And if it's not exactly right, then the good news is there's usually lots of other similar things right near near that same thing. Mm-hmm. I agree, and that's very much in uh, in just what I believe so deeply in being open to listening mm-hmm. and and allowing allowing things in. I think a lot of times we think that we're being polite or humble by you know someone pays mm-hmm. you a compliment and you say, "Oh, you're so nice, thank you," you know, and and mm-hmm. it's great to say thank you, but did you really accept the compliment as true, especially when you hear it from different sources and different people? That's when you have to begin to think, okay, maybe there's something to this. Mm. Maybe there really is something here. Yeah. I remember. And um, let's see, I, I forget which book it was, but one of the books by Emily P Freeman, I don't know if it was the next right thing, but it might've been, but she talks about that, that people, several of her friends, she was on a trip overseas at one point. And someone said something to her, they gave her a compliment, said something like, you know, you should really, they didn't say be in ministry, but it was something in that direction. And if at first she was just kind of like pushed it off, blew it off. But she talks about that exact thing, which is if people are telling you something, even if you haven't done it yet, there's likely some truth in it, like who you're stepping into, who you should be stepping into, these skills or gifts that it's very obvious to other people, how that could be used, but it's often not obvious to us because we we live it. We have it. We don't always see it for what it is. Well, I think there's also an assumption that that is made that this is just how everybody is. Yeah. Because this is how I am. So everybody mm-hmm. has this. And you, you know, you dismiss it because you feel like this is just the way it is. And everyone feels this way. And that's mm-hmm. not true. And I think that's part of what my colleague and now very dear friend who sends me, you know, a lot of clients, um, you know, saw something in me and began, you know, to pour into me and saying, you can do this kind of work. You're not seeing it in yourself, but I see it in you. Mm-hmm. And, and I had the choice of saying yes or no to, to coaching that level of client at the time I was terrified. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, I can, I can coach who I thought I was going to coach to begin with. And, and that's right. okay. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you bring that up because one, I think you're right. Most of us at some point or always struggle with accepting compliments or people speaking into us, pouring into us. And so it is something to be aware of and try to, like you said, allow it and allow ourselves to accept it. and, And like you said, believe it. And the other thing too, is I think we need to make sure we're doing that for other people, whether it's our spouses or our kids, people that we're working with, maybe it's youth we're working with, but you know, speak into them who we see them becoming, right? Who we know they're capable of becoming because that has huge impact, right? Like they say, our words, right? Have have power, right? And so I think it's really important to remember that if we think things about other people, especially in this really po- positive, powerful, becoming way, I think we need to share it. We need to say it, you know? I couldn't agree more. In fact, I had an opportunity just last week. I was sharing with you, I had gone to... um camp to learn a camp 
a course to learn how to become a speaker in front of a room in larger audiences. And I met a uh, major general in, in a branch of the military. And, and I, I did just that, you know, he was sharing something with me and, and I spoke what I was noticing about him. And I spoke, this is probably why you were chosen to be the leader that you were chosen to be mm-hmm. because of these qualities. You know, and he came up to me the next day and he said, the things you said to me, and he, that's all he said, but you could tell that his wheels were spinning and it was beginning to land and he was listening. And I think that's the, it's not, um, it's not arrogant or prideful to accept what someone speaks into you. It's then you get to use those gifts to further the kingdom. You get to use those gifts to pour into other people because you recognize that it's a gift that's special to you that God gave you. Mm, absolutely. There's so many stories. If you, if you read books, um, maybe that talk about people's careers or their faith based or, you know, uh, you know, people's faith journeys or listen to podcasts or whatever. There's so many stories of that happening where someone will talk about a pivotal conversation that was said to them or words that were spoken over them when they had no idea the future, what the future would hold for them. But literally something that was spoken to them as a child, as a teenager or college student, a young adult or a 50, 60, something like it really does matter. So like you said, if you, if you have this, like something that you want to say to them that you observe, I think it's really important for us to say it, you know, to speak it, especially if it's coming of a place of love or observation, you know, something that's, we feel called or drawn to say, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think the energy feels different behind it as well, where, you know, you're somebody comes and brings you, you know, flowers and soup when you're sick and you say, thank you. You're so you're so generous. Um, You know, that's one thing. But when it's different to pour into someone and, you know, instead of giving them a compliment and the energy feels like it's this is who you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's, I've read, um, that's sort of the difference, right? Between like encouraging words and prophetic words. When we feel like this pull to say this certain thing at a certain time, right? It's not just like you said, like, you look beautiful today, which is a lovely and wonderful compliment you should give when you think that about something. But there's a different thing when you really have words that come to you, that's you're speaking something that's deeper, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So let me ask you this. When you've gone through these different times, you know, being a mom and thinking, oh my gosh, like it's just day in and day out, you know, yes, we're loving on our children, but it it can become, you know, very monotonous. It can become, it's exhausting at different times or having a job, like you said, that really wasn't allowing you to show up fully in your gifts or your talents. What are some things that you've learned about what, what can we do in our day and our life that can sort of help us? start taking these teeny tiny or making these teeny tiny changes that'll move us towards taking bigger action? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that question. And one thing that I started doing is in my prayer time in the morning, um, I would first, as soon as I sat down, I would first just say, okay, God, what do you want to say to me today? And I'll listen. And sometimes it would take my prayer time or my quiet time in a whole different direction, just based on what I would hear, what I would sense. Um, And then writing it down, writing down what you feel God's saying to you and what, what's true about you. So you allow him to pour into you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is that routine is really a difference maker. There's a there's a man named Jim Quick, K W I K, and he was a like a memory coach for I believe it was the cast of Marvel movies, and he encouraged people to try a morning routine, and that's something that. I started doing just as an experiment. Why not? Because some of the things he would suggest are things you already do. Brush your teeth, make your bed, get dressed, you know, things you do normally. So some things are things you already do and some things are things you do intentionally. So five minutes of exercise, just do some squats, um, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Um, I started drinking tea before I drank coffee so that I could get the antioxidants of the tea. And then I noticed I drank less coffee Mm -hmm. as well. So um, just changing some of my habits, but, um, and the most crucial piece is not to look at your phone the first hour that you're awake, because as soon as you look at your phone, you're automatically reacting to what's in front of you. You're seeing texts that came in, you're seeing emails that you have to respond to all the things you have to get done that day. And you're instantly in, okay, I got to get up. I got to go. I got to, I got to, I got to. Mm-hmm. So if you don't look at your phone and you carve out that time for yourself, when you actually sit down to start your day, okay, what's most important to tackle first? Mm-hmm. I'm choosing, I'm not reacting to something. And so it puts you, you understood in more of a place of control and feeling like, okay, I have three tasks to get done today. I'm going to accomplish all of them because I'm not looking at my phone and seeing that there's actually 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much about that. And first of all, I, I agree with you. And I'd written down before we talked about, you know, this idea that, you know, it is, it's us being proactive or having a plan for our day overall versus being reactive. And I think that's important because, you know, you sort of mentioned in one of your comments and I think on your website that when we do that, our day goes better. It starts better. And I don't mean nothing can happen in our day that's not crazy or unexpected, but I mean, we're in a more calm state, a more peaceful state to start. We're doing the most important things often in the morning if we have a morning routine, or at least the things we believe will help us kind of set up our day. And I think the other thing is, is when we don't look at our phones, it allows us to what I call, you know, or what I talk about is slow living. I think most of us are fitting in three days worth of living into one day. And we're wondering why we're burned out and we're over um, overwhelmed and we feel anxious. It's because God didn't really design a day to look like that. We're bombarded all day long by messages and emails and texting and pings and videos. And so if we don't ever have this time of quiet, right, in the morning or morning and evening or throughout the day, no wonder we feel like the world's just coming at us constantly. And so, and they've said some of the, most of the most uh, successful leaders, and of course, we can define that different ways, all do not before 9 a.m. Like they, they don't turn on their work, you know, hat. And it might be eight for some and it's different times. But the point is they have a time in the morning before they work that's for all their morning stuff where they don't start responding to emails and they don't do these things. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't think that I knew when I tried it as an experiment the massive impact it would have on my feeling of being on top of my life rather than my life being on top of me. 
Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've also heard of Jim Quick and his idea, you know, the ideas behind that. And then of course, other people have expanded on that idea, like the Miracle Morning books and all these other people, but it's that whole idea of a morning routine, right? So, you know, and people have said their lives have been changed by adding in a morning routine, you know, I mean, truly. Absolutely. I, I, I understand that completely. I see how that's true. So let me ask you this. If someone is listening to this and going, nope, I just can't, I can't leave my job and no, and we're not saying like, go quit your job tomorrow and you can't pay your bills. But like, if there's, if they have something on their heart, but they're just feeling like, I just don't think I can do it, whatever it is. What would you just say about facing our fears and taking more risks? I would say, get to know your values first, because your values are going to point you toward what you really want. And it's hard, you know, you can look at a a page and pick words off a page and say, this is my value. I have a value of family. Okay. Well, most people have a value of family. How are your values different than other people's? Um, And what makes you, you, because when you lean into your values, you're leaning into your own fulfillment. And if you're leaning into your own fulfillment, there's not room for those voices to tell you, oh, that's going to be a big, scary step. Like, because you're too busy being alive on the inside, looking at where you're going rather than considering this big leap you're about to take. And there's, there's definitely, you know, assessments you can take, things like that to get more familiar with what those voices sound like for you that tend to hold you back. Um, and I also think to what we already talked about, leaning into listening to what God says to you about mm-hmm. that. Is this in alignment with his will for your life and what he's speaking into you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're so right about the values, but specific values. Like you said, not I want to spend time with family, but how do you want to spend time with family? Like what part of that's important to you? For some people, it's taking, you know, like having big goals of taking a big adventure somewhere, right? Like going on some mountain expedition or, I mean, people have all different things they want to do with their families. It might be spending time, you know, every evening together. I mean, so you have to be specific. And I think the other thing is have that vision. I talked to so many people that have stepped off the path, right, of expectations of what we were maybe raised culturally or society, societal to believe we should go after. And then they were able to reassess what do they truly want for their life, for their family, and then start moving towards that. It doesn't mean it happens overnight. It might take a month. It might take years. But if they, you know, I've talked to people that have taken their family to live on a sailboat, you know, that are living in an RV that have gone across the world, right? Like like people do all sorts of things because that was their vision for their life, or at least a season of their life is to do a particular thing or live a certain way, you know, or how they want to school their children. And so you have to have vision and values. And then that's how we kind of come up with those small steps that don't seem so scary, I think. And we can take those small actions. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. And I know that I love that you named even, you know, some of the cultural things that we're grown, we're, we're raised with, um, or very well-intentioned parents who did the best with us that they could. Yeah. And looking back, you know, your beliefs drive your thoughts, your thoughts drive your actions. So if you go mm-hmm. back to your beliefs, well, is this belief actually working for me anymore? It's what my mom taught me, but doesn't make her wrong, but I'm not my mom. And so I'm going to do things differently and starting to shake the foundation of those beliefs can really start to loosen up 
what the vision looks like and where what's right for you as a person rather than what was right for your parents. Um, if it was, if I acted in alignment with what was right for my dad, you know, my dad is more of a safety conscious person and that's doesn't make him wrong, but taking a big leap of faith in a career choice. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, well, so many things, one, when our, when many of our parents were coming up, you know, before us, and then when, when they had their children, the world was very different. I mean, like they didn't even have so many of the job opportunities or types of work situations that, that are available now, right? They didn't exist yet. And then things are changing quickly. There's often not job security, meaning, right? Even with AI and all this other stuff, that just because our parents worked and stayed somewhere for 40 years, it's highly unlikely that everyone today is going to do that. And so to your point is, there's opportunities that our parents wouldn't have even fathomed or dreamed of way back that now are available to us, right? And there's professions that didn't exist and there'll be different professions in the future that don't exist now. So that's actually really exciting, right? Is that we have many other um, opportunities to consider, which I think is, you know, is exciting as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lawyers, I've worked with a couple of lawyers um, and, and just professionals that, uh, that were in career transitions or similar to what you were saying with, you know, Mm -hmm. with job security and things like that found themselves in a position of, I didn't expect, I didn't anticipate this, you know, what do I do? You know, how do I pivot from this? And, you know, beginning to explore values and beliefs and doing some perspective shifting work has, you know, really began to set them on the path of, okay, this is what direction's right for me. Now let's create some action steps to get you there. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, what might you want to just leave us with the last um, thoughts on just encouraging people to step out into their lives to feel to feel alive into what God calls them to or just encourage them as they, um, you know, move forward? The words this morning to us of a worship song came to mind and it was, um, I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Beginning to believe that beginning to listen to who you are, accepting who you are, will is I think the most important step um, mm-hmm. because that's what helps you have that feeling of aliveness. And now I have a gift. What am I going to do with this? It's not just for me. This is to be shared. And yeah. so I think that's the most important first step to take um, in feeling alive on the inside is if you feel alive on the inside, you are lit up. Your face is lit up. People feel it from around you. You'll notice people talking to you in grocery store lines that didn't used to. Mm-hmm. All of these things just start opening up. And the next thing you know, opportunities abound. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I've started working with people on what I call joyful alignment, but it's basically that it's bringing together all the things and how I think God's meant for us to live right in this purpose. And really understanding that our passions and what we're interested in aren't just frivolous. They're actually purposeful in our design. And I think when we embrace that and then show up in the world that way, I mean, it is, it's, you know, it's magic. I mean, with, you know, with, from a perspective of God made you that way, uniquely that way. And so I think when we really embrace that, it's just amazing. It's just, it's contagious. You become a contagious person and people are like, um, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Kelly, can you tell us how can people connect with you online and learn more about your coaching? And I know you have a blog and other things on your site as well. 
I do. Um, my site is actually, um, it's still up, but it's under construction. So, but it's still kellymccarthycoaching.com. And I am on Instagram on under Kelly McCarthy coaching as well. So awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing kind of where you found yourself at this crossroads in life and how you, you know, took a, um, you know, stepped out in faith. And then you've literally tapped into living your life fully and just uh, stepping into everything God has for you. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. I wanted to wrap up today's episode with just an idea that Bob Goff wrote about in his book, Dream Big. He said, take the next step. Don't just look awake. Come alive to who God has made you to be. Practice walking around fully awake to yourself. Take notes, sing songs, laugh a lot, smell the flowers, roll in the grass, write the letter, take the class, make the call. You're not doing this just for fun. It's one of the of your first steps as you wake up to some of your slumbering ambitions. And he goes on to say, and he also shares this. Perhaps the routines that once brought you some positive rhythms to your day have become a bland, enslaving drumbeat. Here are some telltale signs. Maybe you have become generally dissatisfied and listless. Perhaps you're short with the people you love or respond to small inconveniences with disproportionate annoyance. If this is you, you've got three choices. Wake up, chill out, or get a puppy. And then he goes on later to say, do you need to quit your job or change your major? Do you need to ask her out on a date or hit the pause button on your relationship? Do you need to have the talk with him? Do you need to downsize your home to free up money to fund your dream? Do you need to hire someone to help or invite someone to live live in your guest house because they need a leg up in their life? It could be any of a million things you need to do. But I just love how Bob Goff talks about dreaming big, how he talks about stepping into, um, you know, what we want and going after it. And those things, if they're aligned with God, it's, it's God is putting these things on our heart. And so it's our job to get curious. It's our job to start looking at or looking into these things, just like Kelly did in her own life when she realized there must be more. I think I can do work that fills me and also provides for my family and brings me joy. So I just encourage you, keep being curious, keep exploring, and keep stepping into the things that make you alive on the inside, both the things just in your life, like noticing the the flowers or the birds singing, and like doing work that we love, the work that God's made us to do or meant for us to do, and allow God to pour into you more and allow your friends to pour more into you more to tell you the truth about who you really are. So I hope you have a great day. I hope this episode has inspired you to reflect on your own life and maybe, you know, step into the new possibilities and to step out past your fears and take a few more risks towards what God has for you. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.